Welcome to Bold Talk Radio with your host, Pat Williams. All right, guys. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to today's uh, podcast episode. Um, it's it's going to be a pretty serious uh, topic. So um, for some of you guys who may not be aware, um, Lifetime Network um, has a docu-series, if you want to call it that, but I think that's the most appropriate way, documentary slash series, so you'd call that a docu-series, um, of um, R&B star R. Kelly. And um, this series is talking to not just women, but also to men who worked around R. Kelly and uh, some were managers, some were guys who worked in the studio with him, some were other producers. Um, and so last night, this docuseries aired. And I mean, I really could not brace myself for what uh, was being discussed. Uh, this is a pretty adult uh, material, so I would suggest if you have any child or a younger person, a teenager who may be in a room, um, you may want to not uh, listen to this podcast episode in front of them. Unfortunately, due to the nature of the content um, being discussed, this will be a very adult um, uh, material. So as many of you guys know, I'm here in Chicago, okay? I've met a lot of celebrities, but oddly enough, I've never met R. Kelly. Uh, never met him. Um, I know people who know him personally, um, very personally. So that that much I do know. What do they say? Six degrees of separation. Um, so I have a person who's six degrees of separation who knows him. Um, but I've never met him and I don't know him. However, being a Chicagoan, true blue, born and raised, um, this is nothing new. Uh, rumors have always been going about R. Kelly. Um, going up to, you know, Kenwood Academy, um, which is located uh, just right within the um, Kenwood slash Hyde Park community. And that community is pretty, uh, pretty famous um, because the Obamas also have a home on the Hyde Park side of it. Okay. And um, so, you know... <sighs> These, whereas a lot of these stories and rumors may be new to everyone else, I mean, this stuff has just been urban legend fodder. I mean, just, you know, shy town chat, shy town gossip for years, guys, for years. I mean, at least going back 25, 25 years um, since like the early 90s, 93, 94, 95, 96. And watching the docu-series last night, it really shook me to my core. Um, it shook me to my core about several things. Number one, um, the docu-series, which I thought was very well put together by, um, by Lifetime Network. Um, they actually, um, interviewed, um, Robert Kelly's brothers. They interviewed his older brother and his younger brother. Uh, apparently, it's four kids. He, they have an older sister. Uh, then it's his brother, Bruce. Then it's Robert. And then it's his younger brother, Carrie. And so they interviewed the brothers. And um, unfortunately, one of his brothers is incarcerated. Um, nice looking fella. Um, his older brother, Bruce. And they were talking to him. And, uh, and they were talking to his younger brother, um, which is uh, Carrie. And one of the most unnerving and saddest parts of that docuseries um, was the fact that his younger brother um, discloses the fact that he had been raped and molested um, by a relative of theirs. And that he told Robert this because by Robert being his older brother, he felt, OK, if I tell my older brother then maybe, you know, that'll be the testing point. And then maybe if he believes me, then my mother, uh, our mother would believe us, believe me. And so he said that when he uh, told it to Robert, Robert says, ah, nah, man, that didn't happen to you. That didn't happen to you. 
But the docuseries also cut to footage of Robert himself um, disclosing uh, in an interview that he also had been uh, molested by a family member. Um, And and that right there is just, I mean, guys, pedophilia, the rape of children, but I've got to be honest, guys, the rape of male children, that is the third rail beyond the third rail. Nobody wants to talk about that. Um, I was talking to a very good friend of mine out in California years ago. And one of the things that she had mentioned to me, she said, you know, it's strange. She said, when we were coming up in the 70s and the 80s, she said, you know, our parents were really on point and just making sure, like, watch your girls, watch your girls, watch your daughters. She said, but you know what? Who was watching our brothers, their sons? And she said, girl, I know so many guys who were molested and raped. And how many young black men and young men, period, doesn't have to be young black men, but young men, period. How many young men suffer in silence? You know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's beyond an epidemic. It's beyond pandemic. And no, I mean, even if you look at the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church, if you guys notice the main thread, the main theme is the raping of boys. And so many times then we wonder why our male children, they grow up with all types of anger issues or all types of violence issues or suicidal tendencies or homicidal tendencies. Um, a lot of times questioning uh, their own sexuality. And, and listen, I don't want to hear anybody trying to reach out to me from the LGBTQ. And the reason why I say that, because I want you guys to be fair and understand something. Even the Q means questioning. Now, some people naturally are just trying to sort out their sexual feelings. And I understand it. Some people, they just say, well, I I don't know. You know, am I polyamorous? You know, what am, you know, it's sort of like that old Prince song. Am I straight or gay? You know, some people need to try to figure that out for themselves. So I'm not dealing with that type of questioning. So I don't want to get any type of don't come for me on that. That's not what I'm dealing with. I'm talking about young men because they have been sexually abused and sexually raped and sexually molested. And their first sexual encounter as children were with male perpetrators. And it causes them to question their own sexuality, not someone who's just not really sure questioning as the Q and LGBTQ, but the questioning of, you know, they, they're not really sure because of what happened. So that is something that's real. That's something that I think people need to stop um, trying to avoid. It does cause a question in, in many young men when they have become raped. I've talked with young men, young black men um, who have been sexually abused. And the number one thing that they'll tell you, whether they uh, are an adult uh, uh, openly gay man or whether they're an adult uh, openly heterosexual man, they all say, you know what, it it made me question who I am. It made me, uh, uh, you know, have to discover what, what, what is, you know, you know, why did that happen to me? And so many times, so many times. You know, it also leads them down a path that even R. Kelly had mentioned um, in one in, in this older interview that they showed the footage from where he was saying, you know, kids are, you know, when that happens to a kid, they become exposed to sex before they're before they're able to even process that down. So many times that caused predatory behavior in them. And that's one of the saddest things I took from that last night watching this docu-series titled Surviving R. Kelly is that R. Kelly himself is a victim. R. Kelly himself was led and misled down a horrific, a horrifying path in life. And Robert needs help. He needs prayer. He needs help. He needs deliverance. He needs counseling. He's a troubled man. He's a troubled middle-aged man, and he needs help. 
And so many times we're living in a society that makes it okay for men to be these overt, overtly sexual studs, especially even in the entertainment business. You know, the, the docuseries dealt with that. You know, it's talking about how, you know, really there's nothing new under the sun. Elvis Presley married Priscilla and Priscilla was a teenager. And then you had Jerry Lee Lewis and he actually married his 13 year old cousin. And, you know, even the Beatles and, and, you know, so many of the, you know, the attraction of these young girls to these iconic cults of personality of celebrities and rock stars and rappers and R&B stars, how it's just a bad mix. It's a perfect storm waiting to happen. Um, so that part made such a, a deep, sad impression upon me. Uh, even at one point where um, Robert's younger brother, Carrie, began to weep. And um, so he said, because Robert didn't believe him, that he, he never told their mother. And what we really discovered watching that is that Robert himself had been abused. And maybe it was just the idea that he could not, at that time, being a young person at that time, come to grips with that. Um, but beyond that, the docuseries gets really, and, it, and it's not over. I think it has a couple of more parts. So if you guys get a chance to check your local times uh, for the next airing of it, please do. I would encourage anybody to watch it. Um, and it's very well put together. I mean, very well put together. You, you, like I said, you have people in the music industry. You have actually John Legend. Um, he's one of the people that uh, is, is contributing. You have um, uh, music uh, critic and, and writer and entertainment reporter Touré. He's, he's legendary. Uh, he used to be on MTV and, and he's just very well respected uh, in journalism, period. Uh, and also just one of the top, top notch um, uh, media personalities uh, that you could find out there. Um, some of the other contributors are Sparkle. Anybody who's followed R. Kelly's career, you, you, you're familiar with Sparkle. He made a few songs with her. You Better Be Careful, which was probably their biggest hit. Um, and then you have a, a slew, a bevy of these young women um, that are speaking out, including uh, R. Kelly's ex-wife, um, speaking, about, speaking out about how they survived R. Kelly. And just to hear the, the up close and personal stories of these women and even the men, because again, you know, you see some of the, some of the other interviews are men who actually were producers, um, who worked with R. Kelly in the studio and, and some of who were managers and handlers for him. And I think I was more unnerved by the men who were giving their testimony. It was one guy, and um, I can't think of this gentleman's name, but he had mentioned how when uh, Robert was working with Aaliyah, and he said, you know, I just, he said, I just had to question him. I said, man, I hope, you know, ain't no, nothing going on here. I hope there's no hanky-panky in so many words. He says, because he said, I saw that they were getting very close, and he said, just, you know, just... You know, my gut was just like, okay, bring that to him. And he said, Robert was like, oh, man, are you kidding me? No way, no way, no how. He said, but then he said, you know, I feel as though I felt them both. He said, because we later discovered, he said, you know, Robert gives me a call and said, hey, man, we, I think Aaliyah may be in trouble. I may have her in trouble, a.k.a. pregnant. And he says, man, we, we need to get to Chicago. And so, of course, um, it deals with that part of uh, Robert marrying Aaliyah, the late Aaliyah, uh, and she was only 15. Um, this gentleman actually made his confession that he was responsible for forging uh, the documentation, the documents uh, needed to file for marriage uh, in the uh, here in the state of Illinois, Cook County, which is uh, the the county of Chicago. Cook County is. Uh, um, is where Chicago um, is. So um, he forged, he forged information with, uh, you know, with, with the, uh, with Cook County. And, um, and the gentleman seemed to have had a lot of regret uh, and a lot of just remorse. I mean, <laughs> and, and just to hear 
the 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 I mean the I mean guys the harrowing stories of so many of these women um these young girls who were very naive a lot of them were naive a lot of them were just silly a lot of them were desperate um but just the way um uh we hear the stories of the way he just totally um mentally emotionally uh brutalized sexualized mongrelized uh minimalized um these girls uh i think that at any given time the oldest was probably 17 but you know we find out that most of the girls i mean there was even one young lady i believe that they said that she was even 12 going on 13 and um sparkle had mentioned that she had introduced her niece and her niece was you know she wanted her niece to get into the business as an aspiring uh rapper kid rapper sort of like how bow wow was back in the day you know aspiring kid rapper and she said i would keep my eye on this girl like 24 7 every time you know i went to the studio she was there with me and she says then one day i get to the studio and she was already there and she said and i was like why are you here you know and she said that really unnerved me and um, and ultimately, we find out that this young lady uh, also became a victim of R. Kelly. And we hear all types of uh, perverse and very salacious uh, tales of anal sex, oral sex, um, uh, young women drinking his urine, uh, young women, um, these girls being asked to participate in menage trois and, uh, I mean, just sodomy and, and, uh, orgies and, and, and just, you name it, just, just the extent of pure hedonism, bacchanalia. Now, listen, guys, this is what I was just saying a few minutes ago. It's one thing when you have an adult, and this is why I wanted to make the clear indication about when I was saying some young men, when they become sexually abused, it causes them to question who they are sexually speaking. And again, I said, listen, I'm not here to uh, get into any type of, um, uh, you know, banter about am I being homophobic because I'm not. Because I'm not addressing the same type of cue that's addressed in the LGBTQ. Because it's one thing when you're questioning something and there isn't um, a, 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 a something leading you to do that. Well, this is how I also felt feel about the, the lifestyle, the hedonism of that entertainment business. It's rot gut. It's low down. Guys, listen, some of you guys who know me personally, you guys know that I've worked in media. I've done, uh, you know, I've, I, I dabble in filmmaking and I've got my own stories I could tell. And I, I mean, and I could back my stuff up. So I know that that business, I mean, it is overly sexualized. I mean, I even predicted on my Facebook live over a year and a half ago when the, when the stories first started breaking about the Me Too. And I said, guys, buckle up. You guys are going to see many more of these men fall like dominoes. You guys don't even know how many, how, how that's just a, it's almost like par for the course. Now, it's one thing though. And here's, this is, this is why I, I, I come back to this. It's one thing if you're living a very bacchanalian and a very hedonistic and a very sexually um, uh, libertine kind of lifestyle um, with an adult, because adult can make a consensual um, agreement. Adults can make consensual uh, uh, participation. Uh, in those things. So, I mean, if you're dealing with a young woman who's 21 and older or 25 and older, and if she wants to participate in an orgy or threesome, menage a trois, or, you know, unfortunately, you know, drink bodily fluids, as hideous as this stuff sounds, if you're dealing with a full-on, full-fledged adult, then that's an adult that's making that decision. And it's not somebody leading them to that. And it's funny because the first part of the series was called The Pied Piper, which is what R. Kelly has been known to call himself, the Pied Piper of R&B. And one gentleman points that out so perfectly. It's like, you know, our, Robert's been telling us that, you know, The Pied Piper was all about this musician that was seducing children to follow him through the seduction of his music. 
And they basically, he basically was like, I mean, it doesn't get any better. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Pardon me, guys. <coughs> Sorry, guys, that, that last little bit of uh, cold is still coming up. But he said it basically doesn't get any better than hiding in an open and plain sight than that. And how true, how true. And that's what I mean. It's one thing if you're, you're not being led or misled to something. And it's something that you as your own adult and rationalizing uh, and, and consensuality, your, your own consensus uh, is making um, a choice to do. And it's one other thing when you're being led into that. So again, you know, am I here to say, well, hey, these rock stars shouldn't be living these types of lifestyle? I mean, listen, I mean, my own personal beliefs is no, no one should live that type of lifestyle. But my thing is, if someone is going to live that type of lifestyle, then certainly it should be a lifestyle that is consensual among adults. Not someone who's 12 going on 13, not someone who's 13 going on 14, not someone who's 14 going on 15, not someone who's 15 going on 16, not someone who's 16 going on 17. I mean, I mean, it was just like clockwork. These were basically the ages that were just being rattled off by most of these young women. And again, like I said, if you're a full fledged adult woman. If you're dealing with, I mean, if you're 21 and older, you are a full-fledged adult. I mean, really you are. And really you could say almost 18. So I could let it even go at 18. If you're 18 and up and you want to participate in that, then hey, that's your right. That's your prerogative. Now we could get into all the moral discussions about whether that should be or not be. But at the end of the day, people have a right to choose whatever they believe that's right for them. But you certainly can't impose that type of thing upon someone who's 12 and 13, 13 and 14, 14 and 15, 15 and 16, 16 and 17. That's that's I mean, that is just pedophilia. And let's just call it what it is. That is pedophile. That is being a pedophile. You are raping and you are. You are totally, totally just killing the spirit of these children of these young girls but then I understand why because Robert he someone did that to him and Robert should have been getting the help that he needed he should have been getting the deliverance that he needed he should have been getting the counseling that he needed he should have been getting the support that he needed And instead of people saying, hey, well, that's just the rock style way. That's just the that's just the rock stars lifestyle. That's just the the R&B lifestyle. So many times these men are troubled men. And if you could trace them back, you'll find out many of these guys were victims of sexual abuse, sometimes at the hands of even women, sometimes at the hands of men, sometimes at the hands of both. And it's caused them to be led down a path of destruction. But as a society, when will we get for real about the protection of the children? Now, of course, a lot of us can say, well, where were these girls' parents? And, you know, one one young lady, she was talking about how, you know, her mother really couldn't stop her. She says, hey, I'm 17. I'm going to do what I want to do. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is where pedophiles and listen, guys, I've, I've watched a lot of those little shows that's on ID channel, whatever. And you get a chance to see these people who know how to profile They're profilers of, uh, you know, mass murderers, uh, you know, pedophiles, this sort of thing. And I remember watching um, one of these shows years ago and it was a woman. She uh, was a profiler of, of men who uh, are pedophiles. And child rapists and molesters. And she said, you know, one of the things that she discovered was that pedophiles, they target the children that they want to harm. They just don't go after kids randomly. And we get a chance to see even some of that uh, totally disclosed 
in this docu-series um, with R. Kelly um, that appeared last night, uh, Surviving R. Kelly. We get a chance to see how he went to the malls and he went to, um, you know, where he knew that young kids would be hanging out, teenagers would be hanging out. And he went to high schools and he tried to surround himself around things that he knew that would attract children. And one of the things I remember that this profiler said is that many times the, when, the, when the pedophile is profiling the children, they're targeting children, they're sizing these young people up. They're sizing these kids up. They're looking at the kid who's coming from more of a stable home, uh, which is going to be a kid who's not going to be really prime pickings for them. So that should say a lot about the stability of a home life. Usually they're targeting kid from some type of broken home, some type of home where there's divorce or there's uh, one parent, a single parent home. Now that's not to say that children who come from a two parent home can't be target, but there's many factors. But one of the key factors is, and this is what this one profiler said, is that a lot of times pedophiles, when they, they talk to children, they try to get to see what that kid's home life is. Well, do you have a mom and a dad? Or, you know, how do, how do your parents treat you? You know, they even try to see, you know, what's going on with this kid. Is this kid an outsider? Does this kid have a lot of friends? Does this kid have a, a, a strong support system? Does this kid have a strong moral and religious system? They do things like that. So they're not just picking kids randomly. They're, they're picking kids so they can sort out the easiest target. These, I mean, this is full on prey. They're preying upon these children. And we got a chance to see that with, um, with the, uh, the account about R. Kelly. How he would get, you know, some of his handlers to go up to some of these girls and say, oh, well, here's his number. Call him later. You know, meet him at dinner. He wants you to meet him at the studio. And it, I mean, it, it was just, I mean, it was just hideous. It was just horrific. Horrific. Listen, I know of a story, like I said, through the six degrees of separation that I know of here in Chicago. And this is going back over 20 some years ago. I remember the rumor on the street back then was that, you know, that Robert was going up to his old school, Kenwood Academy, and he was buying little girls like Jordans. He was buying them Jordans and getting them to go on tour with him. And that later came out, you know, in, in a lot of the, the later um, allegations and testimonies that came against him. You know, and we've got to get serious about it, not just as a black community, as an adult community, you know, people say that they're about their kids and people are about our children, but are we really? Or do we sweep stuff like this? Or do we become, you know, is it like cognitive dissonance that kicks in because, oh, well, that's my favorite R&B singer. He made Step in the Name of the Love. He made Bump and Grind. He made Vibe. He made I Believe I Can Fly. I like him. He made the remix of Ignition. You know, he made the chocolate factory. He made 12 play. He made, he made you remind me of my Jeep. That's my cut. That's my jam. And so many times we have no idea how troubled. Yes, Hollywood and the entertainment business is full of people who are so gifted. They're so talented. They are so godly blessed with talents beyond compare. But I'm reminded of a scripture that says that the gifts of the Lord are without repentance. Most of these people are talented, whether they're a guitarist, a pianist, a drummer, a rapper, a singer, a dancer, an actor, an actress. But a great deal of these people are troubled themselves. They're coming from troubled homes. A lot of times they're coming from homes where they were victimized, either through physical abuse or sexual abuse or extreme poverty or bullying. And we look at some of the stuff that they're doing with us. Yeah, that's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Rock on. That's just the way it goes. And we, we, we have made a culture that these things have become acceptable. And like I said, it's one thing if they're acceptable amongst adults. Okay? Who am I? Who are you to tell somebody who's grown, fully grown, 21 and older, if they want to participate in lifestyles? that are, you know, a little randy, a little body, a little alternative, 
You know, everybody has a right to their own moral creed and their moral beliefs and religious beliefs and their moral code. But we should all be in agreement that guess what? When you're talking about kids, man, guess what? Hands down. It should be full stop as a as a community of of a society. We should be like, listen, if you're 21 and you want to go and have sex with 30 people in one night, that's your prerogative. But when you're dragging a 12 and a 13 and a 15 and a 14 and a 60-year-old child, and these kids are children. I don't care what you say. I don't care if they're tall. I don't care if they are they're developed physically. Because the mind and the heart and the spirit are still that of children. And they're easily manipulated. They're easily manipulated. Children at that at those ages, you know, they're impressionable. Most of these young women now, they're they're middle-aged women in the 30s or 40s. And most of these young women were talking about how, you know what? They're looking back on it now thinking like, my goodness, I was just dumb. I was stupid. I was a kid. I was naive. I I, I didn't really know. I just thought I was going to be famous. And I just knew that I liked R. Kelly. And I just knew that I felt good that he liked me. And and, and I just, you know, and and I just thought that. And I thought this was going to be my big break. But there needs to be a consensus amongst the adults that I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the president of the United States. I don't care if you're the pope of the Roman Catholic Church. I don't care if you're the top of the pop uh, rock group, R&B. When it comes to kids, man, it ought to be hands down, hands off. And there shouldn't be any excuses. None. Zero zilch. I mean, I'm even seeing stuff, you know, about, well, is this racism against R. Kelly? You know, no, it's not. Let's stop trying to give black men a pass. And I love black men. I mean, I probably get more <laughs> anti-comments from black women who feel I'm attacking them, and I'm not. I have very strong opinions. I have very, you know, very, you know, deep-seated Thoughts. Nobody's perfect. Not even me. I'm a black woman. I'm imperfect. But I'm certainly, you know, a person that, you know, I'm not, as they say, a male basher. And I'm not a female basher. I believe in trying to side with what I believe is right. And at the end of the day, we cannot always as a black community make racism a part of oh that's why they took Bill Cosby no they took Bill Cosby to jail because guess why Bill Cosby was harming now in his case he was harming adult women now in his case there these were adult women but anytime you're telling me and this is part of your uh your confessions and your uh, legal de- deposition that you're slipping women Mickey's and, and your only thing is, well, they wanted me to. Well, my thing is, you know, <laughs> why would you need to do that? You're a grown man. If you want to have sex with these women from now to until sunta- sundown, why would you need to do that? Will it help them get into the mood? No, it would help you get into the mood, Bill Cosby. And you were living a completely outrageous lifestyle. And your sins will find you out. I loved how R. Kelly, his mentor, Miss McClenn, was his music mentor and director at school at Kenwood. And, you know, she's a very mature and seasoned woman. And she said, I got on him about messing with these young girls. She said, and, you know, and I told him, cut the BS. Your sins will find you out. And it's just so crazy to me that sometimes I'm hearing black men and some black women, but mostly black men that are trying to give themselves a pass for being black. Well, they're only doing this to uh, to, to Bill Cosby because he's a black guy. No, how about Bill Cosby was a dirtbag? How about that? Well, they're only doing this to R. Kelly because he's a black guy. No, how about that R. Kelly is a pedophile? Well, they're only attacking this person because, hey, no, listen, 
you, you can't, we can't use racism for everything. Is racism real? Yes. Does racism exist? Yes. Is racism problem? Yes. But we can't fall back on racism as, as the makeup, as, as the fall guy to bad and immoral choices, behavior, and decisions. So I don't want to hear this stuff about R. Kelly's being picked on because he's a black guy. Anytime you're talking about urinating in a 13, 12, 13-year-old little girl's mouth, don't give me nothing about racism. That's an immoral, that is a sick, sickening thing to do to a child. Now, if you want to do that to a grown woman and if she's if she has the type of lifestyle that she finds that acceptable to her and that's consensual between you both, then guess what? Then knock yourselves out. I mean, I almost feel like that Dave Chappelle skit. Drip, 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 drip. I mean, if that's what you want to do, do that. But you cannot justify this when children are at stake. And I don't want to hear no BS about, oh, this is because he's a black guy and this is racism and they never want to see a black guy make it and they never want to see a black guy come up. If that was the case, then, then R. Kelly would have still been living in, in, in the projects. He would still be here in the shy, broke and poor. It would be just, well, they don't want to see a black man come up. That's why they're doing that to Bill Cosby. If that had been the case, then NBC would have never gave him a show. We have to stop making excuses for bad and immoral behavior. Racism is one thing. And yes, it's real. And yes, it's authentic. Yes, it happens. Yes, it's alive and well, unfortunately. But that has nothing to do with personal, moral, or immoral behavior and choices that people are making in their personal lives. God is no respecter of persons. I don't care if you're black, white, Puerto Rican, and Chinese. If you're out here raping and mistreating people and using your position to take advantage of people sexually, then you are an immoral creep. And first of all, you need to repent. But second of all, you need to go get some help. And this is one reason why so many times in the black community in particular, (coughs) when it comes to sexual uh, uh, criminality, rape and pedophile, it's like the silent thing. Nobody wants to talk about it because don't nobody want to look bad and everybody want to make an excuse for it. And there is no excuse for it. The person who's obviously doing it is sick. But you can't sweep that under the rug. That person needs help. But we pass that off as well, you know. That's, that's you know, just don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. We're not going to deal with that. But you got to deal with it. It has to be stopped. And we can't give passes to famous and wealthy black men just because they're famous and black and wealthy and they're giving us this wonderful NAACP image award. But they're living a most salacious and hideous lifestyle. And again, even with Bill Cosby, the problem is was the issue of consent. Now, at least he had enough sense to deal with adult women. And so far as we know, But his issue was the lack of consent. You have to at least give people that. You have to at least do that. So you can't, you cannot, you cannot take advantage of people sexually speaking, whether that's a child, boy or girl, or whether that's an adult woman. Now with an adult woman, you need her consent. This stuff is ABC 123. This stuff is 101. Courtesy 101. And as far as children, children can't give a consent. Children are to be protected. So you cannot take advantage of children sexually on no level. And that should be so unacceptable. One of the worst parts also, it was so many, I mean, it was so many hideous things. 
that came out of this docu-series. But one of the things that kind of broke my heart too was where they were talking to this one young lady and she was one of R. Kelly's backup singers. And she was saying how, you know, the thing about it was she was very protective of Aaliyah. And it seems like, you know, even though they knew Robert was dealing with these other girls, it seemed like they all were like, no, don't do Aaliyah like that. And she said one day, uh, they were all in there, you know, they're on the tour bus or whatever. And she said that the, his bedroom door kind of flew open <coughs> and you could see that he was right in the middle, smack dab in the middle of having full on sex with Aaliyah. And this woman said, you know, and she was weeping as she was talking about it. And she said, at that moment, she said, it just did something to all of us. It just tore us all apart. It just, you know, it was just beyond, it was just beyond seeing that. And so Robert Kelly, he needs help, man. I love a lot of his music too. I really do. I love a lot of his songs. One of my favorite is Trade In My Life, which is a very deep religious spiritual song. But Robert hasn't traded in his life. Robert is still trying to live his life and live a very um, <sighs> dastardly, amoral lifestyle. And he needs help. This man needs help. He's a middle-aged man now. He needs help. He's a man in his 50s and he needs help. Now, does that take away from his talent or creativity? No. Just like with Bill Cosby, does that take away from his talent and creativity? No. But you guys would be hard-pressed to know that people who are your most talented, you know, it's like they said, they're tortured artists. Most times they're not. Most times they're not. They're dealing with some deep-seated, mental, emotional issues. This is one reason why so many times they throw themselves into their art and into their craft and into their talent of music or acting or dancing, because that's that only release to feel normal, to feel human, to feel decent. And it almost takes to really uh, kind of be around people in that industry to get that. You know, and I've had the fortunate or the unfortunate, whichever way you want to look at it, opportunity to have known that, you know, a lot of times this is why these people, they throw themselves into it. But if you can trace them back, a lot of them are coming from severe depression, severe abuse, severe, severe trauma. Most artists are wrestling with PTSD. That's why they get into the alcoholism. That's why they get into the drug addiction. That's why they get into all types of illicit and salacious lifestyles. A lot of times those people, man, they're crying out for help. That's why they, a lot of times they even get into self-mutilation. I remember that um, uh, one singer uh, who recently uh, just, you know, she's been on the, on, the, uh, uh, on the rebound, if you will. Demi Lovato. And, uh, you know, she almost died last summer you know and she's she's been recovering well she seemed like she's got her full strength and uh she seemed like she's back you know and and she's making a full recovery but I remember years ago she was talking about how she was into cutting her arms slicing her arms causing herself to bleed even little Willow Smith you know Will and Jada's daughter was talking about how at one point she was dealing with that self-mutilation so <clears throat> those of us who have a prayer life man let's start praying for these celebrities let's pray for those entertainers let's lift them up but at the same time justice has to be met and reality has to come to grips with and we can't pass the buck off to racism or pass the buck off well you know I don't want to believe that because R. Kelly that's my dude I still love his music so what what does that have to do with this man being a troubled soul and needing help the moment that I saw the footage of him admitting that he was molested, I said, well, there you have it. There you have it. Now, is that to say that every young man who's been molested, that he'll go off to become a pedophile? No. But what it does is it causes such a deep-seated post-traumatic stress 
and so many people who have been violated in that way, unless they can come to a place of healing and a place of deep counseling, a place of deep deliverance, a place of deep surrender. First of all, to the fact that they recognize that they themselves have a problem. The first place and the first start of healing starts with admitting that you have a problem and you need help. So I hope um, that R. Kelly um, will allow this docu-series because I understood that he um, had filed a lawsuit to try to keep the Lifetime Network from airing it. And uh, TMZ had reported yesterday that you know, the Lifetime Network was being defiant. They said, no, we're going to air this tonight. And there's another part to it. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, you know, this will make Robert cry out. Cry out. Hopefully it'll make him cry out to the Lord. Our, Robert came up in the church. He talking about trading his life. Then trade in your life for real, Robert. Cry out to the Lord, Jesus Christ, man. Go back to the faith of your mother. Go back to that. God will help you. And while, while you're doing that, also, hey, like the Bible say, first natural, then spiritual. You know, do I, do I believe in counseling? Yes, I do. I do. There's a lot of counselors that are Christian counselors and some are secular. But you need to get deliverance in a spiritual way. That's number one. And number two, you need some counseling. You need some accountability. You need to be able to go to a therapist, to go to a doctor, to go to somebody that'll help you process out your own pain, your own trauma, your own dilemma. What led you down this path and get the help that you need spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, medically that you need. So all I can tell you guys is if you didn't see it, I, I hope I'm pretty sure Lifetime is going to re-air this, the parts that uh, ran tonight. And they've got a few more other uh, parts of this docuseries. Um, which is forthcoming. But if you didn't see it, oh my God, it's it's um, it's unnerving. Uh, it's enough to make the hair stand up literally on the back of your neck. And it's enough to make you weep. And um, I mean, if you guys didn't see it, please look out for it. It's on the Lifetime Networks. Um, check your local listings, your, your local times for it. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's... It speaks to a greater problem. And the greater problem is not racism and a black man. Don't nobody want to see a black man or brother come up and prosper. If that's the case, then tell me about Harvey Weinstein. Tell me about Les Moonves. Tell me about Kevin Spacey. Tell me about Matt Lara. These are very powerful white men who have had to have to come, have had to have a come to Jesus meeting themselves about the lifestyle that they were living. And again, and again, <coughs> I'm not saying that you, if you're an adult and you want to have the, the wildest sex, the craziest sex, the off the chain, the most off the chain kind of salacious, like I said, the most libertine lifestyle, amoral. But make sure if you're doing that, make sure that you're doing that, first of all, with an adult and second, all, second of all, with an adult who is consenting. That's it. How hard can that be? I don't care if you're straight, gay, black, white, Puerto Rican, or Chinese. That ought to be the two rules of thumb. If you're going to live a lifestyle that's, you know, full of peccadillos, then guess what? Make sure that at least, number one, you're dealing with a full-on adult. And make sure, number two, that you're dealing with an adult who is giving consent, who has a mutual consent to participating in that. And if these men had done that, guess what? There wouldn't even be an issue. There wouldn't even be an issue here. There would not even be an issue here. But in many cases, these guys are using their power. They're using their position. They're taking advantage of people who don't really want to consent to this stuff. Or they're messing with kids. They're messing with teenagers. And that's ridiculous. These guys are too powerful and too rich. 
They ought to be able to get anybody. Look, it's guys. Look, it, listen, guys. It, it's when you get that type of money and that type of wealth, it's people who will have sex with you just off of the fly of that. They just want to be seen with you to say, hey, I'm, I'm having sex with this person. I'm, you know, going to the French Riviera with this person. I'm, I mean, I'm living the high life with this person. <coughs> it's tons of people who will do that without question. And they're full-fledged adults. Like I said, whether they're straight or gay. Kevin Spacey, you're messing with, you know, a young guy. You're messing with teenage boys. There's plenty of gay men out here who are full-fledged grown men who will consent. Bill Cosby, you're messing, you're, you're spiking women's drinks. There's so many women out here who would consent. Absolutely consent. Without you having to spike their drink with a Mickey. And just be like, yo, okay, let's let's make it happen. R. Kelly, all the women out here that would give you some sex, and you're going to want to start messing with little girls, little teenage, impressionable, unlearned, vulnerable children. But again, I know why he's done it. Because someone took advantage of him. But it's still, there's no excuse He's got to get the help he needs. All right, guys. So that's going to do it uh, for today. Um, Thank you so much for listening to Bold Talk Radio. Um, Get over to Facebook, like us, share us at Bold Talk. Uh, Feel free to comment. Again, if you have a product, a business, or event that you'd like us to plug, more than happy to do it. If you got a suggestion for a show idea, more than happy, post it up there. And I appreciate you guys just listening um, to this episode, which is very important. And uh, and I thank you guys so much. So as always, thank you for listening to Bull Talk Radio. I am your host, Pat Williams. And until next time, I'll see you.